0: Welcome back, everybody. This is episode number 55 of the Don't Start a Band podcast. Uh, Today, I have the first returning guest that is not a member of the Backseaters. Real quick, I just want to say if you want to support the podcast, uh, go and follow us on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts or any of those platforms. Uh, If you use Apple Podcasts, maybe leave a five star review. A little comment saying, you know, why you like the podcast or just that you like the podcast. I don't really care. But more importantly, why we're here today, Madison Card is on the podcast once again. She's a singer-songwriter. She's a model. But today we are focusing on her acting career because she is in a movie that is coming out November 13th. Called Safe House 1618. And it's a horror movie. But uh, we get into kind of the behind the scenes of the movie. And we talk about just how much everybody enjoyed working on the film. And, uh, you know, I think with any form of art, whether you're making an album, shooting a movie, if you have a whole team of people who are passionate about the project, that's really going to show in the final product. So, I already believe that this movie is going to be great. So, let's get into it. This is episode number 55 with Madison Card. Give music. Oh. I have Madison Card back on the Don't Start a Band podcast. Hey. How's it going?
1: It's going well. It's been a while.
0: Yes, it has. We talked about it. It was pre-pandemic. It
1: was. A lot has changed.
0: (laughs) I haven't even like on the podcast liked saying the word pandemic just because like people are so tired of hearing it. Sick of it. Yeah. So uh, let's just first off talk about. How have you been?
1: Yeah, I've been good. I've been a lot busier. There's some
0: important stuff. There is some important stuff. Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, I really didn't think my career was going to continue at like the trajectory that I wanted just because of the state of the world. So I'm just like really grateful to still be working and still doing creative projects. But yeah, we're here for the movie, which is exciting.
0: Yes. And the movie is called...
1: Safe House 1618.
0: Do you know, like is that like supposed to be like the address in the movie it is okay yes i'm uh i'm very excited and when i was thinking about this episode like i was trying to think of like what questions to ask so i just kind of want to ask them all but not like generic questions like have you done like interviews for this yet or
1: i've done a couple okay yeah and some of our other cast and crew have done some as well what
0: questions have they asked
1: um, you know, pretty standard, like what was your favorite moment on set?
0: I'm just how was the process? No,
1: quick. you're good. <laughs> okay. No, I'm happy to answer any questions.
0: Um well it's exciting that uh you know, somebody on the podcast is in a movie. Uh it's a horror movie, yeah. It or is, is it like suspense? It horror? is a horror
1: movie. Is There's it a little bit of some slasher in there? Okay. It's cool. Um, it's pretty unique. Honestly, yeah. I feel like in horror movies, typically like the women like die first. You know what I mean? Like the Paris Hilton, yeah. the pole through the head thing. <laughs> but this script, um, it's based around three sisters okay. who fuck some shit up, not to give away any spoilers or anything. But it's really cool to have three female leads in a yeah. horror movie.
0: That is um, really cool. There's not some macho guy that's like, come on, I'll try to save you.
1: Right, exactly. So, like, usually
0: that guy dies first anyway, (laughs) because he, like, walks in said dangerous place first. But,
1: exactly. So, I think it kind of breaks down some barriers and will hopefully inspire future horror movies to kind of, like, break the mold a little bit. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's kind of, like, uh, ABC that horror movies follow, and this one is really different.
0: That's very cool. It
1: is really cool. I'm honestly so grateful to have been a part of it.
0: And is that like, was that like a collaborative thought, like with the director and the writer or? Yeah, um, so
1: Calvin T. Shepard is our writer and director. And then Jamal Page and Eli Solt are like camera and assisting. And basically... Calvin is a really trusting director uh, I we had the opportunity to improv a lot more than I'm used to which That's was awesome. really cool he basically handed our characters over to us and was like this is your time to do your talent I That's wrote the script cool. I'm here to support you but like if you think that something I wrote doesn't line up with the way you've developed your character you have the decision to change it yeah. which is really rare so it was very collaborative um, it It really kind of just all came together too because a lot of us lived together for two weeks when we were filming on set we really like immersed ourselves in the environment we lived in the safe house that we filmed at so it was really cool and we i like to call it like the hive mind when you've been working with creatives for so long you kind of start to predict each other's movements and you're really like mimicking each other and so the improv was really successful in my opinion which was a very new experience for me because most directors are uh, obsessively controlling. And yeah. Calvin is not that. He's a very trusting director.
0: Do you think part of that has to do with like the talent of the movie? Because like, the thing, clearly you're a talented person, a very creative person. So, I mean, somebody like you might uh, like be trusted more with improv rather than mm-hmm. like... I mean, I'm sure that there's some actors and actresses who are very like blank slate, like tell me exactly what to do, like which foot to put out first. You know what I'm saying? So do you think that has to do with like you and the other girls or...
1: I do think it contributed. I also think that Calvin just really wants our input, Yeah, which is such a cool opportunity. And also he's not like...
0: It helps you guys enjoy it more too. It
1: does. And I think he understands that when you create a, an environment where you're safe to experiment. Because yeah. here's the thing, with with film versus like on stage, on stage you got one go of it, right? Yeah. If something goes wrong, you just gotta commit and make it work. When you're yeah. filming a movie, you have multiple takes. If you have a weird idea and you wanna try something, there's really no harm yeah. unless you're like on a time crunch. But if we had a weird idea, Calvin would be like go for it. If it doesn't work, we won't use it, yeah. but we want to try weird stuff. And, and some of my favorite lines that I have are improv, and that's really cool because once it comes out, I'll be able to be like, that's me. Like, I did that's that. Awesome. Yeah, it was a really incredible experience. And it was in April. We were like, you know, deep in the shits of the world. So
2: yeah, last being, April.
1: Yeah, being able to film a movie with some of my closest friends in my home state yeah. or two weeks straight during a global panoramic was <laughs> surreal. It was crazy and like yeah. nobody got sick. everybody was safe. It was done really well. yeah and I'm just like really proud of everybody for showing up and like making it happen because it was a really low budget indie horror movie. yeah and you know it's like hard to make movies in Colorado. I had to leave to go to LA to do most of my stuff, so being able to do it here was extra special.
0: yeah, yeah. well, and you've talked about that before and yeah. Uh you know it's it's cool that you got to, are you like more because you were living here before, right?
1: Yeah, so I was in LA right before the world went under. Yeah, and I actually randomly enough, I was catering like a celebrity event in LA and it was right by one of the forest fires and yeah. I got really sick and I had to leave. Like I went from the ER to a flight to come to Denver because the air quality was so bad and yeah. then the pandemic hit. And so I was like, I guess I'll get an apartment. And then I started booking left and right. And so I was like, weird, I guess things happen how they're supposed to. But I really thought that my career was over. I was like, great, how are artists going to function right now? Yeah, I got a restaurant job. I was like, oh, I'll take what I can get. And then I got this movie.
0: That's so awesome. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can definitely relate to that fear, like when the whole world shut down. And I think... uh, you know, because for a while, they kind of made it sound like, yep, the world's never going to be the same. I, yep. I thought we were never going to be able to play shows again or I anything like that. Like, yeah. I was like, is everything going to be all live streams? Mm-hmm.
1: Artists really took the brunt of that. Yeah. And, like, people rely on entertainment, but yet there wasn't really entertainment coming out for so long. Yeah. It was weird.
0: And, like, hats off to the people who, because some people, they just figured it out right away. Like, Yeah. Live stream concerts and
1: that was not me. I did not figure it out right away I was like a total mess about it. Neither
0: did I. Yeah, I
1: was like, I'm not technologically savvy like I'm an actor Like I don't know how to do that.
0: Literally all I could do was like throw on my Instagram live and be like hey uh
2: Here I, I am need to
0: play for people cuz as much as I like listening to my own voice. Yeah, somebody else needs to hear it totally Um, so that's really awesome that you were able to, uh, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, because it's, I mean, even now I know that, um, or I guess I've heard that like movie sets and just doing stuff, uh, still a little wonky and they're still doing like quarantines and stuff too, right?
1: Yeah. And just like, you know, getting tested, vaccine mandates, all the things, um, we also, so funny stories, Calvin and I, well, all of us were working on a different movie, but yeah. then it was too high risk because of how many people we needed on set. So yeah. Calvin ended up falling down his stairs and getting a concussion. He wrote this script while he was concussed, and which is incredible. His creative process is so fascinating to me. He's truly a creative genius, yeah. but he wrote this script like, in remarkable time and we just started because since it's like you know a safe house there's obviously yeah. a limited amount of people so it was a much smaller cast and crew and something we were able to do safely and it's almost sure like a little
0: punny you know what i mean because it's little like a bit. horror movie but then you had this like safe house safe from the pandemic so it's totally
1: like, yeah so it really
0: shout out to calvin like yeah. that's
1: it was awesome i awesome. don't know how he did it but I'm sure we'll end up going back to that script and we have future scripts in the works um, that hopefully won't be limited by that kind of stuff. But really, this was like a product of our environment and we all just like were craving something because it was so difficult to do castings and all of our auditions are on zoom and there's a lag and like, I don't know about you, but doing something in person versus over zoom is completely different. Like I cannot showcase my talent via zoom the way I can in person. It's just not the same. And so we were all just desperately looking for a project and we were like, fuck it. We don't know if this is going to go anywhere. It's super low budget, but like, let's just try it. And so we filmed for two straight weeks and we ended up getting full distribution. So we're like, we did the impossible, really. Like, we got yeah. the biggest goal that we had. We we did it.
0: That's insane. It's
1: surreal. It honestly has not hit me yet. It probably will at the premiere next week, but I have not. That's probably
0: why you're here. Because if it had hit you a week yeah. ago, then you'd have been like, eh, Oh, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that was something we kind of talked about before the podcast is like, mm-hmm. you know not in a woo sense but just the universe playing its role cuz yeah i mean especially the whole breakdown of uh you know how your trajectory has gone yeah like it's kind of crazy that cuz uh, if yeah. you would have been out in LA like if there wasn't a fire, if there wasn't this, right. that, and the other. Because, like, L.A. was pretty locked down.
1: I would have been screwed if I was in yeah. L.A. None of my friends and, like, co-workers in L.A. have been working. Yeah, Some of them are just now getting commercials again. And, like, I managed to act the entire time. Yeah, I did, like, a lot of music videos, a couple commercials, a shit ton of short films, <laughs> and this movie. And I have a couple more movies lined up because of it. If you would have told me a few years ago that I was going to book and co-star in my first feature film in my home state, I would have said, you're fucking crazy. It's impossible.
0: (laughs) In Colorado. That's what I'm saying. Like, I felt
1: like I hit the glass ceiling in Colorado when I was 19 and I turned 27 on this set, which was super surreal. And it's... it's, We're doing the damn thing. I'm still completely flabbergasted by it, honestly. It doesn't... It has not settled at all.
0: (laughs) Well, and I mean... Good on you for just, okay, so I have this, like, (laughs) this theory, or maybe I've just overthought Forrest Gump too much.
1: I love that movie.
0: But, like, the whole idea behind that movie is he just says yes to everything. Like, you want to go to college, play football, yes, join the army, like, all this stuff, and, like... He had a pretty, like, good life just by not closing himself off to, like, opportunities. Totally. And just, like Even the running aco- across the country <laughs> right. thing. Like, it just, like, he just went after it, didn't ask questions. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's what you did. You're not like, is yeah. this movie going to work out, bubble? You were just like, this is what I'm doing. I have this opportunity, which is an amazing opportunity to begin with. But yeah. some people, uh, you know, when opportunities hit them like that, they get a little... Nervous or skeptical.
1: Yeah, they let their fear center control their actions. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I always say that like you can't kink your hose from pain without also kinking it with like joy and love and stuff So if you're gonna yeah. do life to the fullest you kind <clears> of <throat> just have to be open to all of it and as an artist like bad experiences are also a gift because I can just turn it into like a new album or a new script or whatever so I mean, I'm not perfect, I still get scared all the time, but I try really hard not to let my fear dictate my decision-making. And I'm just kinda like, fuck it. If I'm gonna do this and really do this, like I have to believe in myself first and foremost and just try. And you're gonna have projects that fail, and you're never gonna know which ones succeed and which ones won't. And honestly, I'm always shocked which ones fall through. And this one, we just did it right. It's still very surreal for me, honestly. I'm just grateful to be a part of it
0: that's awesome
1: it's so awesome dude it really is like i'm kind of like geeking out about it because it premieres next week yeah it premieres uh november 13th and 14th saturday and sunday up at the lyric in fort collins which is also super dope because i love that venue
0: if you live in denver fort collins is not that far it's not you you should go
1: be like me and get a hotel and have a fun weekend
0: exactly
1: (laughs) yeah and tickets are still available they're 10 bucks so like super accessible, we'll all be there. We're doing a panel at the end to answer questions. There's obviously like snacks That's and right. drinks. Yeah, you should come, dude, it'd be fun.
0: i <laughs> at this point, I'd be a fucking hypocrite if I was like,
1: four goals,
0: not that far. Hey, I can't make that drive.
1: Sorry, man, I can't but, do that.
0: Uh, Yeah, I would love to go. I'd, I don't think I have any- uh, It's gonna be super cool. going on and obviously wanna show support.
1: Thank you, yeah, I'm um, curious what you think.
0: I will say though I'm not. uh, Well, okay. I enjoy like slasher-ish movies. Yeah. I think some of the like spiritual, like ghosty stuff. It it hits a little too close to home. Can I
1: tell you a secret?
0: Yeah. I'm
1: super super terrified of scary movies, (laughs) and all of the projects I've done this last year are horror. And I don't know how that happened. Like I was the kid at sleepovers that was like, no, we can't watch a scary movie because I'm going to have nightmares for years. And I still have nightmares about seeing the descent when I was in sixth grade. And I'm terrified of caves now. Like I don't, I love you Calvin, Jamal, and Eli and Garrett and all of you. I don't like scary movies. They scare the <laughs> shit out of me. Yeah. But when you're involved in the process and you see how it's made, it does help a little bit, but like I jump when I watch this movie. And I know yeah. what's going to happen and it gets me every time. And like I it That's hasn't like, really Yeah, it hasn't really gotten into my head the same way, but I agree paranormal stuff like freaks me the fuck out. Yeah. I really like thrillers and I like slashers and blood and gory stuff doesn't bother me, but like yeah. If there's a ghost fucking with you in the movie, I'm like, nope, I draw the line because I'm really spiritual and like, this is some woo-woo shit, but I'm pretty connected with that realm and I'd like to keep that as a positive experience and not be like scared I'm going to get murdered by a ghost.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So it's really quite hilarious to me that I'm almost exclusively acting in scary movies right now, which I'd love to branch out into other genres, but I'll take what I can get and... It was a really cool experience and i loved it so much genuinely which was such a surprise because when they came to me with a horror movie i was like i'm not gonna tell them that (laughs) i get scared easily like woo. which maybe that makes it easier to act in them probably would
0: have gotten you like the job more they would have been like yes we got a jumper
1: yeah no i i jump i'm very easily startled i get scared really easily it sticks with me i have nightmares so it's funny you bring that up because, like, yeah, no, I'm I'm going to get scared when we watch it because it's, like, a successful horror movie, right? So it's supposed yeah. to make you scared.
0: <laughs> as long as I'm not the only one going, Jesus.
1: No, that will be me, too, yeah. like, jump scare stuff. Yeah. Oh, my God.
0: I bet, and I mean, this is just me, uh, you know, thinking about it, but I bet horror movies are, like, a really good jumping off point because, mm-hmm. I mean, It's one thing to jump straight into a rom-com because then you can just like kind of be yourself and it is what it is and it's all light and happy and fun. But like being in a horror movie or some kind of like suspense thriller, like that's when you get to really see like what a person's capable of because you have like the non-scary moments but then you have the parts like, um, I mean, you've posted like clips and stuff like Mm -hmm. it, it, it looks pretty terrifying like.
2: It is, and I have it's, to say it's
0: like... sold well, that's for sure.
1: Thank you. Yeah, in other projects, I've just played like an exaggerated version of myself Yeah. or I get typecasted as like the girlfriend or the whore pretty regularly. <laughs> so having a character that like, Her backstory is not based on her looks at all. Yeah. And she has so much range and is so much strength. And, like, honestly, her name is Lee Holt. No, Lee isn't cute. Like, she is a badass bitch, like, ex-military, really cold, really harsh, really, really protective of her family, especially her younger sister. And having the opportunity to play a character that wasn't based around physical looks or, like, being... The you know, the girlfriend on some guy's arm yeah. was so cool for me, but it was also such a challenge as an actor because her range and like her changing moods throughout the film, I'm sure you'll see, were not me. Like she is not me. I am yeah. not Lee Holt at all. Honestly, I I as Madison, it's so weird talking about myself in that person. <laughs> <laughs> I myself
0: Madison did well.
1: Right? Like I pull from her strength sometimes when I'm yeah. feeling like a little sad bitch because I am a little sad girl sometimes I think about that character that I played because we talked about this we yeah, grew up
0: listening to like emo, emo shit yes exactly emo shows yeah
1: yeah when I'm like losing my shit I remind myself that that strength has to be within me somewhere because I pulled it out for that character which has yeah. been so like cool for me that's the understatement of the year it's been life-changing because it's it's shown me that I'm capable of more because of a character I played. Yeah. Which is just like, what the fuck? I didn't expect that out of like an indie horror movie not to yeah. like degrade this at all. It's a really wonderful project. But we didn't like do this in LA with a huge budget and all the lights and whatever. Like we really made it happen with more what we impersonal.
0: had. I bet that would make more I agree. You, were, you know, because then it becomes more of a part. But this is right. like...
1: It's going to be really relatable, I think. Yeah. I... I think it might be one of those, like, cult-following movies that later on people are like, oh, do you remember Safe House 1618? Yeah. (laughs)
0: That's, yeah, the first one. That's what I was going to say. Do you remember the first Exactly.
1: And, like, we, this crew has plans for future projects, so it's really exciting to know that I'll get to work with these people again. Yeah. Because it was genuinely such a, not easy process, but like it
2: flowed. It was very
1: enjoyable. And we were all on the same page and we supported each other. And like I said, we basically lived together for two weeks. So we were super slap happy, just like (laughs) low key losing our shit a little bit because we were tired and like exhausted, but in, in the best way when you're tired from like doing something you're really passionate about.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you're going to be really tired from something, that's what, Instead of, like, a day job or whatever. Right. Um, you're going to be
1: tired. Life is exhausting. It better be something you care about.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. then otherwise you're just pissed off and tired at the same time.
1: Totally. <laughs> we can't have that.
0: Yeah. It sounds like all the exhaustion was definitely worth it. I loved that it. Movie.
1: I loved every second of it. If I could yeah. live on set 24-7, I would. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: On that set.
1: That set, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, it's was, like, with my best friends.
0: Yeah. It's so have crazy. You, have you done, like... A few movies like I know you said you did like a few short films and stuff, but like movie movies So
1: I am currently working on this movie called Centerpiece and the director was an actor and the stylist for safe house 1618 so it's kind of that like you keep booking because of the connections you made. Yeah, Yeah. we really are like a film family and um, We are continuing filming this spring and then I also have another movie with this one I can't really talk about very much, but it's like a big deal. Yeah, it's like a sci-fi big deal with a Hollywood director. I'm like
0: kind of a big deal.
1: <laughs> it's I'm honestly See, kind of shitting deal. myself about that. one.
0: I know you're not like that. No, I'm, I'm not. Like, but it's fun to play around. Who, like have listened to our first. It is fun to play around because I do the same thing like with music <laughs> stuff. Sometimes yeah. I'll be like, I'm kind of a rock and roll I'm star. such a and famous. And then behind bitch. the scenes, I'm like. I'm totally, like, these people have
1: no idea. I know, no, the reality and the illusion of me are very different. Yeah, Yeah, no, my girlfriend would tell you that. She was like, when I first met you, I really thought you would be, like, high maintenance or, like, you know, have an ego about you, whatever, and I'm like, I'm a dweeb. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm such a dweeb. Like, I'm kind of pretty lame in real life. Like, honestly, I don't even, like, dress up or wear makeup in real life. Like, I'm kind of just a stoner douchebag who grew up in Colorado honestly
0: (laughs) (laughs) douchebags douchebags don't get movies
1: fair yeah. but yeah it's like really surreal and the movie I'm doing well the second movie I'm doing this spring is going to be the the biggest thing I've done to date and I am so nervous I'll I'll make it happen like I I trust my talent but I get really nervous beforehand Mm -hmm. and then once I'm on set I'm completely fine like no nerves no stage fright but it's the buildup for me that I'm like oh my god what am I doing who do I think I am? Yeah. Who is this Madison card that I've created? Yeah. Like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah. The imposter syndrome It's <laughs> real. Yeah. Yes. Like, obviously, I don't get it to that extent, but there is like a little bit of it with performing live. Yeah. Where you're like, especially if a bunch of people are coming. Like when we sold out the Summit Moon Room. Yes. Like before we went on stage, I was like,
2: "This is. <laughs> this is I real. trick all these people,
0: right? Like, no, did you they did think the of damn something? thing." Yeah, and then I get up there, and I'm like, "Yes, I'm supposed to be here. You are here to listen to my shit."
1: Totally. And I honestly, now that I'm kind of higher up in my career, I'm nowhere close to where I want to be. But I'm starting to think, like, "Mm, how many celebrities are actually just like really down to earth, like nervous
0: people? Probably a lot. Probably a lot. At least the good ones, like. Right. I don't know Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't either. But it seems like he's fucked a few of
1: my friends, though.
0: Get the fuck <laughs> out of town. That is so cool. Back
1: when they were like 22. I mean, maybe it's not.
0: Maybe it's not that cool. I don't. I, I don't, think they had fun. I don't know the details. I don't know the details either, but. I wouldn't do anything, but I'd definitely let like Leo or Brad Pitt. Like I'd let them make a move and be like, Whoa,
1: hey, whoa, Mr. Pitt. <laughs> they made a move, Mr. Pitt. Mr. Pitt, I'm gonna need dinner first. <clears throat> Thank you.
0: He's a, he's a good-looking dude. He's a good-looking you know? dude, yeah. Even in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it was just like,
1: <laughs> was like
0: 50 years old and still just...
1: Isn't that black. wild?
0: It is wild.
1: It really is. Because
0: I still watch Ocean's Eleven right? regularly. I know. Young Brad. Or like Meet Joe Black where Total- he had like oh the my frosted God. tips and I everything. I haven't thought
1: about that in so long.
0: I love that movie. I do
1: too. Man, I really hope my career has the longevity of of like people of that caliber.
0: I think because you're doing it in a very like smart and deliberate way, mm-hmm. I think it has more of a chance to do that. Because you're not just looking to like, uh, you know, shoot up, burn bright and then fizzle out. No, not at mean?
1: all. I'm trying to like do the Meryl Streep shit and be able to act like all the yeah. way. I mean, there's this like thought that if you don't make it by 24 or 27 or whatever that you can't do things. It's such bullshit, like especially in acting and music. There are rock stars in their 60s who are killing it. There are actors who like really start to make it in their 40s and 50s. And even later, like there are roles for every age and I really don't want to get limited by that. And just because of like the way I look and because I started in modeling, I think that was a fear for me that like I had an expiration date and honestly, I've had a lot of like 15 minutes of fame and I have fan groups for like individual projects But connecting all of those into like a seamless career. Yeah, is so difficult Like I have people who remember me from pretty pranks this like fucking viral prank show I did when I was 19. I have people from when I hosted a TV show called fails of the week Some people who just like my nude photos, that. right? That's what I'm saying Like I've been That's so tight. many things, but they don't connect. So I'm hoping this movie Well, I don't know somehow bridge the gaps of these like little 15 minutes of fame because i've never been in this for the fame to be honest with you it's just kind of an unfortunate side effect of what we do and i'll deal with it hopefully with grace we shall see but it's just about doing gigs at the highest caliber possible
0: like just hit me up and be like hey yeah am i being an asshole and i'll be like yeah
1: you'll check me if i am i know that (laughs) you need people like that in your life
0: yeah i mean i definitely wouldn't be that like straightforward i'd just be like Remember when we talked about that whole thing about, like, you know, being modest right? and just being down to earth? Like,
1: Well, good thing I'm only good at creative stuff because it keeps me super humble. Like, if yeah. you saw me try to find my car when I park at, like, Target or something, you'd be yeah. like, damn, bitch, you're bad at life. Like, I my brain is only creative. And also yeah. having, like, ADHD and two anxiety disorders, like, if I'm not passionate about it, my brain physically will not let me do it. Like, I literally have a panic attack every time I go to the post office. Like, I'm not a very functioning person unless it's creative. So it's kind of been no choice for me. Like, since I was a kid, I've been begging my parents to, like, let me audition for the Mickey Mouse Club or Disney or whatever. And they were like, no, bitch, you're going to have a childhood. And I was like, I don't want a childhood. I want to work. And they made me wait until I was 18. And, like, to this day, my mom will sometimes be Are like, I'm sorry, honey. It, um I am. Or you're just I'm like a little. 16, I'm a little jaded.
0: Sixteen wouldn't have been.
1: I feel behind. Yeah. I know I'm not, but like I am 27, and I think I would have functioned well. I mean, this is who knows, right? Because yeah. there's a lot of creeps in Hollywood. But I dealt with creeps in my real life there's anyway. Creeps in Hollywood. I. Oh yeah. Do you didn't know that? <laughs> but yeah I mean,
0: i've heard you know there's a there's a few oh yeah but, uh, i Quite thought they were all just you know honest hard-working people
1: no nepotism no fucking no directors ne- right just pure nope. talent yeah
2: nope, that- <laughs> <laughs> you're so funny
0: <clears throat> yeah uh we kind of talked about that the last time like in regards to like the whole like modeling career and yeah stuff. I can't even imagine like I've seen you talk about it and I've seen a couple models talk about it and I just couldn't imagine and like you kind of talked about like working with people you know and stuff mm-hmm. like that but I couldn't imagine doing something like that that is like based on your looks and like knowing that you like you got to be attractive to do something. Oh yeah my like face that. and my
1: body have been my job for almost a decade and like when I was 19 my weight was an legally binding contract. Like if I gained weight, I wasn't allowed to work, and the the industry is getting a little better, very slowly. So
0: that's why your parents waited until you were eight.
1: Yeah, you know? I mean, if if we're gonna go there, like my mom was worried I was gonna get like assaulted or be mistreated, which like we're, oh, let's fucking go there. That happened anyway, so it's not yeah. like I was protected from the world. But like John Benet Ramsey was murdered when I was little, so that was still really fresh, and she was just trying to be a good parent and. Ultimately, I don't think child labor is a good thing.
0: Did you know that nobody has bought that house and will, like, ever buy that house? I believe that. It's
1: I definitely believe And they've that. made it,
0: like, semi-cheap. Like, I heard something about it, and it, like... Yeah. Why would you want to move into a house like that?
1: No, definitely not. And that was just all fresh in the news, and I... I think for most children that's the correct decision and if and when i have kids i'm not going to push them in the industry yeah but i have wanted to do this since i remember wanting anything i've been in like dance music theater fucking figure skating gymnastics anything performance and creative based since i was like two or three like five nights a week so my mom did the like we'll get you the training and you can do anything community based i was in colorado children's corral like performing at betcher hall when i was like seven like I've been performing, I just wasn't allowed to get paid. Yeah. So in a way, it was a really healthy decision and this slight jaded side of me is like, damn it mom, why didn't you move me to LA when I was 14 so I could start auditioning like 10 years earlier? Yeah. But also on the flip, I chose this when I was 18 for myself. I've created this for myself, like my parents aren't famous. I didn't come from money. Like. All of this is because of me, which does make it like a little more satisfying and juicy knowing that like I did it for myself.
0: You mean your parents didn't drop you off at LifeSpot in a Rolls Royce?
1: No, they did drop me off at LifeSpot though, which is a sketchy yeah. thing. Little 14-year-old me with my prime time cigarettes, like ooh. Oh my god,
0: prime time for tight. Dude. Back in the day. They
1: low-key slapped. I loved primetime. Do they
0: still make prime times? They do. Do people still smoke prime times?
1: No, they just vape like cookie juice.
0: Oh. It
1: smells like so sweet.
0: Yeah, people who vape are dumb. <laughs> Same, same. I'm <laughs> Wait, do you want to
1: see something funny? Yes. <laughs> a jewel. Pulls a vape out of her pocket. Yeah. I'm not a perfect person. It's cool. No,
0: neither am I. <laughs> I've started to like try and mitigate it. I don't yeah. know why. Because it's not like a, like I'm hard on myself going like oh I really want to quit vaping it just like kind of happened one day where I was like me too kind of have like an oral fixation same and I like to have something in my hand exactly that's my thing too like people you know I just
1: fidget with it well and I started smoking cigarettes at like a really young age and then I quit for five years and then (laughs) I went on this crazy life-changing show that i'm under a five million dollar nda about so i really can't talk about it but i started smoking after that experience because i was stressed the (laughs) fuck out i was like you know what i'm gonna buy a pack of cigarettes just for shits and giggles and that was in september so here we are can't do this anymore. no honestly that was me i was like okay (laughs) back to reality let's keep going
0: Here's the thing, and I've said this a million times, life is hard. Life is stressful. Yeah. And if you find, like, sometimes there's just, like, certain things you do that make it a little bit easier. Totally. Like, don't get out of control. Don't hurt anybody else. Smoke a single
1: cigarette. Don't put your face in a plate of Coke. Like, there are levels to this, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure putting your face in a plate of Coke probably wouldn't help, like, anxiousness.
1: No, no, definitely not. I've, uh,
0: (laughs) yeah, it's... And, I mean, again, hats off to you being in, like, that whole industry and not getting caught up because, like, it Ooh. happens in music. where I've like, had people... my moments.
1: I'm not caught up now, but, like, I was young in it, and I, I've seen other yeah. people get caught up, too. You know the music scene. Like, it's a really oh, yeah. prominent issue.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I mean, talk about those are, like, the real imposters. Like, yeah. in music particularly, the ones who start to – think they're rock stars and prematurely
1: and just start doing way too many drugs
0: yeah yeah and it just like you know you do you but i remember hearing about certain people doing certain things and you're just like
1: i know and it's like no judgment with what you do with your life but if you're a creative you got to take care of your health yeah and like i have definitely been a person that's like you know dove into the like utilizing substances to be creative but honestly When I'm sober, it's like a clearer flow of getting like writing out and stuff. And like, yes, I've definitely been really drunk and written a song in like 15 minutes and whatever. But then once you sober up, you're like, oh, is that as good as I thought it was? Like, if you do it in a clear headspace, it might take a little longer and be a little like emotionally triggering. But it's better work, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it takes
0: sometimes a longer time to like open the door yes but once it gets going like it's it's the same for me with like playing drums like yeah of course i could eat some mushrooms and like play drums but at the same time a little part of me is going to be like does this sound as good as i think it does am i it feels like a little sloppy and like here's the thing anytime i've been like under the influence of anything and like Mm -hmm. played a show that runs in the back of your head. Oh, yeah. Like, the whole time. And you, I like, don't like to up.
1: perform fucked up. I really yeah. don't. Like, I party. I'm not against this world entirely. And, like, I've more utilized substance in my creative process. But, like, on stage, there's no yeah. way I could be tripping and sing. Are you kidding me? It, I would lose my shit.
0: Tripping and...
2: Woo. playing a
0: show probably not a good idea no, I'd i will fall say off though the stage you know like we've talked about not being <laughs> yeah. perfect sometimes I'll take a little hit of like a weed like vape pen I smoke like weed
1: like every day loosen so. <laughs> them
0: and it you know as long yeah. as you're not getting like perma stoned or whatever totally. it helps me like not question myself so much and yeah. like I can be more charismatic
1: same I should clarify I don't do hard drugs when I perform. I definitely yeah. smoke weed. <laughs>
0: but it's I have such a high tolerance. Like, mushrooms and weed, drugs and like I'm I not- agree.
1: I don't view mushrooms yeah. the way I view like anything you put up your nose. I no. think hallucinogenics have a really valid part in the creative process as long as you're like, you responsible. know, responsible. Yeah. And aren't someone that isn't like I can't stop. Yeah. You have to know yourself.
0: Or like thinking that you can only do it when you're on those substances. Right. And like, I know a lot
1: of people who have that mindset now and they're like, "Well, that's why I keep doing drugs because I can't make music or I can't write or whatever." And I'm just like, "You're limiting yourself, dude." Like, which again is that fear center of like I'm not enough by yeah. myself, so I have to add to it and Absolutely. I mean, obviously there are a lot of rock stars and movie stars that, you know, utilize that world and again, no judgment whatsoever, but uh I think it is more fulfilling if you're able to do it like on your own in a way.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. Like for me, like, uh, you know, doing mushrooms and doing music and like the whole creative aspect is mm-hmm. like they're separated, but together at the same time. Cause Absolutely. like the mushrooms, like when I do mushrooms, like I'm not a musician, like, mm-hmm. but it does expand. Like, My creativity and the way I view things. Like I've always said like going through life, you kind of get blinders on, you have tunnel vision, you're seeing one thing, but then the mushrooms
1: just lap them off your face. It's
0: kind (laughs) of like after you get out of the Eisenhower tunnel and you're like, what the fuck people from Colorado will get that reference? Yes, they will
1: get that reference.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I've never like done it and been like, okay, I'm going to write it. It has to be like a separate thing. Mm -hmm. And then when I go back to it, you know, like writing music or whatever. I just feel like I have more tools in my back pocket.
1: I totally get that. Cause like I definitely dabbled in hallucinogenics for quite some time. I started probably too young, but
0: I've never done acid.
1: I have done mushrooms, acid and DMT which is a wild ass experience. But for me like I like having those experiences as an isolated experience and then I go back to my creativity with like a yeah. new perspective, right? Like I think that is totally valid. Yeah. Like I've never like dropped acid and then went and performed on stage. I would <laughs> I would lose it. I would be yeah. so nervous, but I've I definitely like yeah, honestly and I'd be
0: asking people like in the front are you okay? Is yeah. It, like, is this good? Like
1: I can feel your energy and I just sense I, that you're I not want, okay.
0: I want you to be having a good time, okay? Because I'm not going to have a good time. If you're this, not having you? a good time.
2: Exactly.
1: Right. So, yes. yeah, no, I I like hallucinogenics. I haven't done them in a while. Well, no, that's not true. I, <laughs> <laughs> I I like to microdose on mushrooms, like, I don't know, once a month or so. It's really good for depression and anxiety. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, it's fun to, like, watch the walls melt. But sometimes it's nice to just like take a really, really tiny bit and just yeah. like alleviate your anxiety.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. If you want to hear more about this micro dosing conversation, <laughs> make sure I feel like this is a good I you know, agree. Selling it is. point to listen to the audio. Yep. Um, make sure you listen to the full episode that will be up uh, either today or tomorrow. It'll yes. be on Spotify, Apple podcasts and all that stuff. And, uh, Yeah, you'll get to hear the whole conversation about uh, psychedelics and then some other cool shit that we (laughs) will talk about. I love it. So thank you to everybody who watched. Um, See you later.
2: Uh
1: Share that shit. (laughs) I like how we start talking about drugs. (laughs) It's relevant. People in this industry get fucked up all the time. It's insane. Honestly, living in LA, I did not realize how many people just like do coke every day.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: It's... It's bad.
0: I mean, even people here...
1: Oh, Colorado's drug scene is terrifying.
0: (laughs) So... The one and only time Mm. I was ever had... Cocaine in my system. Okay, I was 18 years old. Yep, that and, checks out. <laughs> yeah, and my birthday is Halloween. Your and birthday's
1: I, Halloween.
0: Yeah, and Scorpio,
1: classic. I knew I liked you. That makes sense. <laughs> that
0: <laughs> the funny thing about it is I've gotten ghosted once. Like people ask when my birthday is, and they're like, "Oh, you're a Scorpio,", Scorpio? and I'm like, "Yeah," and then just.
1: I fucks with Scorpios.
0: Like, everybody thinks that we're psychos. I'm like, I just, I really... You're
1: my favorite water sign. I'm passionate about Pisces are psychos.
0: Those are... uh, It's another water sign that's, like, February, March, yeah. Oh, okay. It's
1: before Aries, which is what I am.
0: What what are some aspects of... Like, why do you think you vibe with Scorpios? And, like, what about... uh, What did you say yours was? I'm an Aries. Aries. What about, like, Aries and Scorpios, like... Makes it so you can like
1: yeah, so I feel like Scorpios and Aries are kind of the same category of their own sign Like Scorpios are water Aries are fire, but we're really intense and I feel like Scorpios are really creative They're kind of like not hot and cold in a bad way. Just like in a fascinating way Yeah, and I just think their creativity is really strong and and truly it's the only water sign that I feel like doesn't totally douse me I feel like we like bounce each other out a lot And if I'm being totally honest, literally every single person I've ever been romantically involved with is a Libra or a Scorpio born in 1992.
2: Really?
1: Yeah. It's really, really fucking weird actually, because anytime I meet someone I like and they tell me their birthday, I'm like, God damn it. I have an astrological type. Like, What does that even mean? But I have a lot of Scorpios in my life and I just, I don't know. I'm fascinated with how they view the world because it's similar to me, but it's like, also so different because it's water versus fire and I don't know man a lot of my friends are Scorpios
0: yeah yeah I love learning about uh, the whole astrology thing I don't know yeah. much about it oh, but it's, it's kind of like uh, yeah I do think it's fascinating and mm-hmm. like there's a lot of validity and a lot of stuff yeah. and just because I don't understand it or haven't done like the research mm-hmm. on it like, I just want to know everything about it. Totally. Like,
1: Have you done your birth chart? Uh,
0: I like, think the I time and place. Yeah, it.
1: it's so cool. So, I'm an Aries sun, a Gemini moon, is and it a Leo specific? rising.
0: specific? Because, okay, it's super I will specific. say here is one beef I've had with like astrology <laughs> or like. Some of the people who are into astrology. It's kind of like the spiritual stuff we talked about how, like, I'm spiritual. I have a couple rocks. I know everything. Here's my quartz crystal. Exactly.
1: (laughs) I'm a shaman. I'm (laughs) a white girl. Yeah, no, I get it. So there's
0: some astrology and people who are into astrology who it's very vague.
1: Yeah, no, and you can get like, it's so just like, specific.
0: You're going to have a good day today because you were born on blah, 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 blah. And it's like little more, <laughs> a little more. A little more, please. But then like, here's a question I've had too, because it yeah. seems like, like it seems genuine from you. And yeah. there's people I've talked to who it's definitely seems genuine from, but there are some people where it seems like they bring up like their rising and moon and mm-hmm. all that stuff because they weren't content with what their main horoscope said. Yeah, some like, people do. you follow do that. your horoscope daily?
1: Um not daily. More so for me I feel like it's like it, an
0: internal like knowing Yeah, it are, just kind of
1: reminds me like how to support myself in certain areas of life. Like for example, having a Leo rising, I feel like is why I love to perform. Yeah. Leo's love attention. Right. But like, I don't love attention unless it's in a creative outlet. Like, if I'm not on stage or I'm not doing a movie or whatever, like, if I'm at the grocery store, don't fucking look at me. Don't talk to me. I don't want to know you, creepy man. Like, I feel uncomfortable. But when I'm on stage, that's when that really comes out. And then I feel like my Gemini moon is like my emotions. Like, I'm so up and down all the time, which is great for my creative process and maybe not so great for like my adult life. But I feel like it's just it kind of not necessarily gives me a why but it reminds me like what I can do to best support who I am and once you get into like the houses and like where your planets are and stuff I'm not amazing at it but I have some friends who are like crazy educated in astrology like it's honestly comical to me how specific they'll call me out and they'll be like it's because your Pluto is in Scorpio. And I'm like, please tell me what that means. And it's yeah. it's just really fascinating to me because you can get so hyper-specific. And I agree, the people who are like really vague about it, you're like, you don't know shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, if you're going to do it, do it. But see, here's the thing about like the way you're talking about it is it doesn't seem like full self service, like you're trying to confirm all the decisions you make. Like no. what are they is that confirmation bias? Yeah. Like some people will look for specific like horoscopes or different things. Like right. I personally know somebody who would like look up their horoscope and be like, I don't like that. And look like on different websites and See? shit until yeah. they found the right one. And it's like it's not about and like that's the whole idea I have behind like uh the spiritual nature of the universe. Right. Is like it it's not supposed to be a self-serving thing and like maybe that's why it's not working out for you because you only call out when you need help and you're not grateful when things are good
1: I agree And, and honestly it's cool too just with like the changing seasons and like the phases of the moon and stuff every sign has a different reaction to different planetary alignments so like some people can you
0: teach me how to do this yes this? i would love to I would. like i've been intrigued but now i'm like yeah we'll do your birth intrigued. chart and then yeah. we can find out just how psycho i am
1: no it's super fun because like some people thrive in different environments in different seasons like some people get really depressed in the winter and some people are just so excited to go to the mountains right yeah exactly <laughs> so i feel like astrology is just kind of like oh maybe that's part of it it's It's just, like, a cool expression and, like, learning who you are and also just, like... If
0: you can anticipate it, that might lessen the blow. Exactly.
1: It's kind of like if you know you're about to be, like, really depressed or super manic, you can, like, provide yourself with the tools to manage it better. Like, obviously, like, having anxiety doesn't just go away, but I know that, like doing yoga or like smoking weed or spending time with my friends in the park like ease it a little bit it's just you know having another tool on your tool belt to like manage life because this world is fucking crazy
0: well yeah and like diagnosis for anxiety ADHD whatever it is can be like it's all about how you look at it and like personally for me like knowing that I have ADHD if I'm like cause I'm also a very empathetic person yeah. which you know can also a be referred to as sword. an empath. <laughs> yeah. So I can feel when like I'm high energy and somebody else is like a little off and I'm like, right. this is the chemical imbalance that's going on in my brain. Totally. This person doesn't fully understand it. So uh, you know, maybe not like rein it back, but be a hundred percent clear about what's going on. And I think that's why I like over explain like what's going on in my head or, you know, things like that. It's just yeah. because like, I don't want people to be in the dark who don't totally. understand it.
1: Well, And you're an artist, like I feel like a lot yeah. of artists have like ADHD or anxiety or whatever it is, like that's part of the creative process and those highs and lows, like they suck sometimes, obviously, but it really is like creative fuel in this weird way and yeah. people who don't have that really don't get it. And I feel like explaining it is like really an important thing yeah yeah and like you said as an empath i view myself that way too like you notice the like tiny little minute energetic shifts in people yeah. which then like you know you could ignore or you can like over explain i do that too like yeah i think that's just an artist thing man over- yeah, yeah i mean
0: that's like definitely a songwriter thing yeah <laughs> and like uh one thing i just wanted to say real quick is like a lot of people will say, like, you don't have to explain yourself for the way you are. And it's like, okay, yeah, technically I don't have to. But if I care about these people and their well-being and I can help them understand it a little bit better. Why like, wouldn't you? Exactly. It's
1: not a burden for you to do that. You know what I mean? No.
0: And it, like, it makes me more comfortable. Because exactly. I'm not like, oh, my God, they think I'm a psycho. They're, uh, right. You're not internalizing yeah.
1: everything. You're, like, being honest and, like, present with where you're at. I think that's Absolutely. really healthy, honestly.
0: So I have, I've kind of had this like theory when it comes to like being a songwriter. Yeah. Cause like you've said, like you want attention when you're on stage, mm-hmm. but like in other aspects, you're kind of like, just let a me loner, live my yeah. life. Yeah. And I have this theory because like I'm the same way. Yeah. And you know, unfortunately, fortunately because of the tattoos, I do draw a lot of attention. Same, And same. my ears, <laughs> like that's a big one. I love it. But, uh, So my theory is, is I feel like as a songwriter, especially like the deeper you get into it and like when you write like more meaningful, introspective stuff like that, um, like you do, Mm -hmm. like I do, uh, I feel like that makes you a little bit more of an introvert or makes you want to be more of a fly on the wall because you're observing the world. Absolutely. Which is another, like, it, it makes you a little more introverted because you're looking at the world. And, like, sometimes you can get a little pessimistic and down about it because you're watching all this shit and you're like, does nobody see what is the fuck is going attention? on here? Like,
1: God, you're, like, reading my mind right like now. Like, this shit, we
0: could work this shit out. Like, yeah. the whole, yes. like, politics and pandemic thing. It's like, this is, this is really simple, guys. Yeah,
1: there was a clear solution there. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, we're way past that at this point. But, no, yeah, this happens to me all the time. I think artists are observant as fuck and we also in a in like a weird way are kind of thieves like i pull from the people around me all the time like sometimes when i'm not yeah. creative or like feeling that flow i'll just go sit at a starbucks and just watch people yeah yeah because like you can pick up so much just from like how someone's talking on the phone when they're angry or like a job interview or someone who's like clearly upset and like someone who's impatient in the way they tap their foot like it's literally all there for you to see but people don't pay attention
2: No. They're so
1: like blinders in their own reality, like their own existence. And I'm like, y'all, our problems are really small.
0: Yeah. Well, (laughs) and the way my brain works, and like I think this is why like I can impersonate some people so well, (laughs) is like it almost feels like I'm a robot with emotions, but I'm just like downloading everything. Like I'm watching. I totally get that. don't, uh, like I'm not, I don't always analyze it, but it's going in because like... uh, Things that I've gotten uh, really interested in are like cognitive behavior behavioral therapy and just like body language. You're so
1: similar, dude. (laughs) I love that shit. And it's
0: it. And personally, like the cognitive behavior behavioral therapy. I don't know why I'm having such a hard time. It's a mouthful. (laughs) Um, I got into that because I wanted to understand my quirks and everything like that, and through like understanding the way I work it has helped me like understand other people and which like you can probably attest to this once you like kind of understand people like when somebody flips out at you and you're like it holds like there's no reason they're doing it like a lot of people they'll just like without thinking get fired up and they'll argue back and it doesn't make sense but like for me if someone's Mm -hmm. flipping out and it's unwarranted I'm like That's a them problem. Yeah, you're like, it's not
1: personal, and I can meet them with compassion and not, like, take that energy with me. Kind of have, like, a barrier about it and be like, okay, you're in your feels, no judgment, that's fine, but I'm not going to engage and, like, fuel that
0: fire. Yes, 100%. And nine times out of ten, after that exchange, if you have stayed calm and compassionate, Mm -hmm. it will end and, like... This used to happen with me all the time in customer service and now I'm delving back into it. Yeah. Calm, you know, compassion, the exchange will end with them saying, "I'm really sorry I freaked out. Like I've just had a terrible day totally. and like I didn't, you know, you didn't deserve that." And it's like, "Hey, I totally understand. Like I have bad days and yeah. like
1: People have invisible battles and like most people's lives are really difficult. Like,
0: and when you meet them with that compassion, like they feel safe and mm-hmm. comfortable. And like if you're not getting fired up with somebody in the back of their mind, they're going like, oh, oh this, shit. this person's not a bad person. <laughs> right. I'm like, what? Why am I doing this? Right. You know what I mean?
1: And more than likely, that also provides them to space, the space to like hopefully do that for someone else too. Because once you've received yes. compassion like that, you're like, oh, I really needed that man I had no idea I was like really that triggered today like it's it's important and again back to the artist thing like I think we are so much more receptive to that and like able to hold space for people and it's important it's important work honestly it really is
0: oh yeah well and I think because we've experienced the wide range of like emotions and shit when we encounter those extreme emotions like we can put ourselves in like other people's shoes shoes. and like personally that's what 90% of my songs are about is like either putting myself in someone's shoes which you can't do 100% because you don't know what's going on in everybody's mind but putting myself in somebody's shoes or like some of my songs a lot of my songs are about if I was in somebody else's shoes who was watching me and knew what I was thinking wow. at all times like
1: that's really cool.
0: Phantom is about like if my shadow was writing a song about me and knew exactly everything I was thinking. Right. like when I say you in my songs, like uh,
1: it's you from an external you- perspective
0: exactly like that's in so one of our dope. new songs VVCB which stands for verse verse course bridge there's a part <laughs> oh my the, god wait
1: that's awesome yeah
0: and like you can go so many places with that yeah, like yeah, you on can. stage or whatever it's you know stand say it stands for like very very cute bunnies <laughs> or boys or very very Super crazy um, <laughs> bread I don't know I love anyway it there's this like lyric in the bridge where it says, uh, and I think I'm starting to understand why you keep all of your problems up inside your head. And like, that's about me. And it doesn't come from like a narcissistic. No, no, I get you. But it comes from a place of like somebody looking at me and being like, Hey motherfucker, I know what's going on. I see through you. Exactly. Yeah. And it, I mean, that's part of like the whole, uh, understanding yourself and wanting to be and a lot of people say this but i truly mean it when i say like i'm always trying to be a better person yeah and like one of the worst things somebody could call me is like ignorant like i want to have all the information i possibly can
1: can the audience in the back hear that that you want all the information possible before you have an opinion because i think that's a really Absolutely. important i mean when it, <laughs>
0: like even uh you know, religion, politics, everything. Like, even if it might sound crazy, because here's the thing, the crazy, you can understand how people got to there and sometimes you can like maybe help walk them back
1: from it. Totally, yeah.
0: But like, it also goes to like watching documentaries of bands that like I don't particularly like their music, Mm -hmm. but I just, I want to have all the information I want to understand. Yeah. Because like... Another thing too is like if you let people explain and like let you in and you like kind of understand them, then they're like, okay, I have somebody that understands me. And at the end of the day, like consciously, subconsciously, Mm -hmm. we all want to be understood. And I think that's why artists sometimes have a hard time with it because you are so creative and introspective and everything. Yeah. You, I mean, you've probably had these moments just like I have where you're like, Nobody understands me. Nobody's going to... And it, it's not a narcissistic thing. No, it's, it's not, like,
1: but I've... Yes. Nobody's ever <laughs>
0: going to understand me. And it's like...
1: So our process is so crazy.
0: Yeah.
1: it really It's like doing open heart surgery on yourself and then being like, here you go, world. Here are my deepest, darkest fears and secrets. And yeah, like, it's...
0: Not only have you torn yourself apart, but now you're putting it out for other people to tear you apart. And to
1: hopefully relate to so they don't have to tear themselves apart alone. But then also some people are like, that's bad. You're bad. I'm a critic. Bad. And you're like, can you play an instrument? No? Okay, cool.
0: Yeah. And again, I try not to take it personally because I know that there's music I don't like that I should like. Like on paper I should like this and that band or whatever. But I also understand that the way the brain works is like you can't force yourself to like something. No, or and people
1: have love preferences. somebody
0: or be able to get along with somebody, yeah.
1: there's always going to be someone who loves and yeah. hates your shit.
0: That's why, like, on any level, critics who like really fucking write bad shit. Is, critics are like, people
1: who can't do it themselves. Do you know how many fat, ugly, old agents that. have told me to lose weight when they're like <laughs> just. It's
0: because they're like there's
1: right like you know that whole like those who can't do teach thing yeah Yeah. it's like that and like you said like there's always going to be critics and you really can't get caught up in that and I feel like I I don't know celebrities and stuff you should either not read any reviews or read the good ones and the bad ones yes yeah
0: that's you know balance man. It's a fine line, and I feel like if you walk into, like, reading criticism and reviews and stuff,
2: mm-hmm.
0: beforehand, you have to have a little powwow with yourself and be yep. like, I did this thing. little
1: self-care ritual. <laughs> and
0: regardless of whatever this shit says, I'm extremely proud of this. Yep. And, like, personally, I don't feel like I have to defend my shit, per no. se. But I gotta know that like I did everything and I'm sure you feel this way with the movie. I'm sure Calvin the director that's his name, right? Yeah. I'm sure he feels that way with the movie Like I did everything I possibly could to make this the best it could possibly be Yeah, and being
1: happy and content with that regardless of the outcome. Yeah,
0: Um, yeah. like I'm sure with both of you like no matter what happens after this comes out Mm -hmm. like I mean, even you talking about it now, like, the whole, like, popularity, fame aspect hasn't set in. The only thing that matters to you right now, which, like, remember this if you have moments after it comes out or whatever. Oh, I will. I will. Yeah, I mean, I don't have to tell you. (laughs) But one thing I have to tell myself sometimes is just, like, remember this feeling and that you enjoyed the process and that... You are proud of this thing because at the end of the day, that's all that matters.
1: Totally. And like I am nervous about this premiere next week, mostly because it's been such a long time coming. And I mean, not really on the scale of productions that take like years to come out. I mean, really, we filmed what seven months ago, but I'm antsy to see how people respond. I'm antsy to see how I respond. I have not seen the final cut, so I will be seeing the movie for the first time with everybody else.
2: Yeah.
1: So it's going to be an experience and I'm really excited and honestly I'll probably hide in the bathroom after the fact not because I'm upset but because that's where people actually talk about their real opinions of things. Like if you ever want to Just know sitting in a Yeah, if you like, ever want to know how people feel about your project, go sit in the bathroom cuz people will talk once they get in there and think nobody can hear you. Which is fine. Like I know some people will love it and some people might not and honestly, I don't care.
0: Now some people who go to the premiere are gonna be like, "Hey, we don't, go into don't the bathroom." Don't talk
2: shit in the bathroom. Madison
0: <laughs> <gonna, laughs> yeah, cards we have, in the stall. You <laughs> have to go to the men's bathroom to yeah, right? talk about this.
1: <laughs> no, it's it's gonna be an interesting process, and like, we're doing like the red carpet, the panel after. There's like a little mini, um, like behind the scenes documentary that we filmed. I know I'm gonna cry because it's so nostalgic. Yeah, like, and it's just so cute. Like, did you watch Shit's Creek? are you kidding of course I did so Moira did you, Rose is like my spirit animal
0: <laughs> I should have known you yeah, were yeah no I love
1: that show <laughs> David too oh my god
0: uh, David David is like,
1: David David.
0: I <laughs> am like I would consider myself like the straight version of David I
1: love that so much I connect
0: with him like especially yeah. with the what
1: yep like
0: I'm that dramatic yeah and same so like watching him was like <sighs> what a relief like i can be like that but i love
1: that show honestly it'd be such a dream to be on a show like that
0: i know like that close knit like, yes but that like little like mini documentary panel thing that they did like yeah. after the last season like i got it's choked a up tear that. no
1: same same
0: just and like i had no idea the impact that that show had but that just goes to show like a lower production like they filmed it in Canada, I think, like this small thing turned into like a cult following, Mm -hmm. like you kind of talked about and like had an extremely positive impact on like the LGBTQ plus community that, like, I'm sure they didn't anticipate at all. No. But once you, like, look at that and you look at the show, you're like, oh. Yeah, like, when David's
1: talking about the bottle of wine in comparison to his sexuality, like, that hit for so many people. And just knowing that the father and David are actually father and son in real life. Yeah. And that he supports his son in that way and is, like not just supports him, but is proud of him and loud about his son and not, like, embarrassed in any way, shape, or form. Like, our community needed that. And, like...
0: Eugene Levy just seems like such a good guy.
1: Right? (laughs) I know. And, like, the actress who played Alexis Rose, like, had never really done anything, was kind of on the fence about continuing acting because it's a fucking struggle. And then gets this this show that may or may not do anything, and then they get re-signed for new seasons because people loved it so much. Like... I am obsessed with the attitude that that show has specifically around the LGBTQIA plus community because it it's always like part of the plot or like, this person is gay, right? Instead of just yeah. like portraying them as a fully rounded person. Well, yeah,
0: like Will and Grace, it was like right. revolved around.
1: Exactly. And David's sexuality is never really defined in specific boxes or terms, which I appreciate because like, I bounce around like labels are fucking hard for me Like I really just say gay as a neutral term because like lesbian and bi and pansexual and queer like there's so many options these days which is lovely and wonderful but you really can't put people in boxes and you shouldn't have to like have a label on someone to Respect them and David like is such a fun character to watch that people who might have had I don't know subconscious biases against that community were like forced to be like oh It's really not that big of a deal. Like, sometimes I like red wine, sometimes I like white wine. I'll dabble in a rose. Like, that was some of the most brilliant writing ever because it made it not a big deal. Because it doesn't have to be this big catastrophic deal. Like, being gay is cool, but it's not like your whole identity.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean.
1: Like, there are other aspects to people, but
2: being gay, they're like, you're gay.
0: Like, whatever, like, If you're straight, you don't walk around. I'm hetero, nice to meet you. All the time. Right. I'm heterosexual, I'm straight. Right. It It doesn't define
1: their existence.
0: Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people, you know, upon, and I mean, I'll own up to it. Like when you start watching the show, Mm -hmm. you do wonder like. Is he gay? Yeah. Totally. Because, and. Which is okay I don't I think like that's a bad thing I would like society Because there right. is such like an emphasis On figuring out You're like Is he gay? Is right. he straight? As a society We're this? obsessed like,
1: with who people fuck
0: Yeah And we're which, obsessed like,
1: with knowing Like what you have Under your fucking clothes Like yeah. it should matter With how you treat people Really it's, Like I just
0: want people To like be in love Like whoever you love Like I'm happy about that Exactly And it's and none of our business Yeah Fuck who you wanna out fuck out of like the Yeah I mean
1: The judgment of it all
0: well, and just, I mean, that's a personal problem with me is just trying to figure everything out. So, yeah. I mean... It's
1: because you're observant. You pay yeah. attention. There's a lot to figure out in this world.
0: Well, yeah. And it's almost like when you're trying to, like, uh, you know, the way we've been conditioned, when you start watching a new TV show is you want to know the characters, you want to know their backstory, who they are, blah, 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 blah. Right. And, like, the fact that they they really don't, like bring it up or anything or whatever there's and i love that the wine conversation but the beautiful thing about it is like as you watch that show you just come to love david for being david
1: exactly and that's honestly everything that every queer or trans person wants yeah just to be treated as a human like it's we associate like personality traits and like being effeminate or fashion or whatever with like oh they must be gay Which is fine, and I love that the show kind of played into that just a little bit and didn't tell you. And then once they did tell you, it wasn't like, this is how I identify and my parents support me and blah, blah, blah. Like, his dad just loved his son because he was his son. And it really should and is that simple. I mean, obviously, not everyone is fortunate enough to have parents who understand that lifestyle. But, like, that show gave a perfect example of how you can support your kid without making it a big deal. They're just a human being. Like, it's really no different.
0: Well, and he wasn't trying to, like, uh, seek validation for it or get kudos from it. No, and
1: it wasn't like this grand coming out story or like, I'm secretly gay and whatever. It's like, no, this is just who I am as a person, but the character I'm playing is gay. But the emphasis isn't on that because why would it be?
0: No, it's the emphasis is on him being hilarious and fuck. fucking fashion choices. Oh my like, god,
1: the black and the white. Oh, I honestly love it. I should have got his David for Halloween. That would have been awesome. Yeah,
0: some of the shit he wore is just fucking And the stuff
1: he says and his relationship with Patrick.
0: Um, I love that,
1: that too. It's so when Patrick accurate. Patrick plays him
0: that song, like when they have that like I little cried. open mic night, I was like, oh my I know.
1: God. And like representation is so important. It's like, fuck you, fuck right. you, don't
0: make me feel this way. Fuck you.
1: And like I don't know if you've noticed, but like most gay characters in TV shows get like abused or murdered. Like they're or they're
0: hypersexual.
1: Right. Like they're represented, but in a negative light. And so having that relationship and like just you know patrick's maybe never been with a man before but he's completely open to it because it's someone he loves like that is how it is it really is that simple it's not this like i can't love you because i'm a man and you're a man and i have all these preconceived notions like he was just open to loving someone because that's how he felt and i think a lot more people can relate to that like you don't need to identify in any certain way to like meet a person that you love and you shouldn't question that like I have an ex husband. I have a current girlfriend. Like, I've always dated people in a variety. I have an ex who's a trans man. Like, I don't care. It's not yeah. about that for me. It's like about how I feel and how you make me feel and if you're a good person. And I think that's a lot more common than people think, but they're like, Are you bisexual? Are you lesbian? Have you chosen yet? It's like, Why do you fucking care, bro? I'm not gonna fuck you. Why are you asking? You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean, though? People are so wrapped up in, like, defining people. And I'm like, human beings are messy and and just all yeah. over the place.
0: Well, and I think uh, for a lot of people, it's, like, an exposure thing. Like, they yeah. hear about these conversations that are happening. And they hear about, like, some of the louder extremes on, like, extremely homophobic or, right. like, the, you know, seeking validation and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... Uh, You know, there's such, like, a wide spectrum of people. And it's, like, an exposure thing. Because, like, I had only really, uh, you know, heard and read and, like, seen things. Like, I... It's not even a support... I support people. Right. In general. I want people to be happy. I want them to be comfortable. And, uh, you know, I know somebody who came out as trans recently and like this was somebody like I never really like thought about it or whatever and uh you know when they told me I was like I could tell that they were a little like nervous yeah nervous about it but it's like like I I love you no
1: matter what man I love you
0: and I'm like happy for you that this is going to make your life easier right like whatever is gonna
1: make you feel comfortable in your own skin that's not for me i have no opinion on that it's your body like do what you want with it i'll never understand why people are so obsessed with like making decisions for other people
0: no and like in a selfish way like it bums me out and makes me sad that like i wish like it hadn't taken like you or or at least to like tell tell me about it like thankfully you're still young and you have more life ahead of you but like unfortunate and like
1: you just want them to be comfortable enough to tell you which I think is like you're obviously a really good person but some people don't react well and of course there's that fear that you're gonna be judged and lose people and stuff like I know a lot of trans people and they're some of the most vibrantly beautiful human beings I've ever met and the ability to, like, recognize that in yourself and take action to choose the life you want to live, like, that's pretty inspiring for anybody. Even the hetero community can pull from that, like...
0: Being a musician and people saying you need to have a plan B or things like that. Oh, my God, yeah. going full tilt into whatever you're passionate about, like... Yeah, and thankfully, the conversation has been opened up and people don't have to wait. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, our conversation, but I'm saying just, like, the worldwide conversation in general mm-hmm. has been opened up so maybe like people don't have to wait too long. Like there's like you can find people who are like minded. Absolutely. And, Progress uh, is happening.
1: It's a little slower than I would like, yeah. but it is better.
0: And I would just say the important thing is like uh being comfortable with yourself, not feeling obligated for like this, that and the other thing. Cause like mm-hmm. I mean Another aspect of, uh, you know, people who don't understand trans is, like, they think, like, oh, okay, so you're you're a guy and you're trans, like, you identify as female or you want to... So what you need to do is you need to cut your dick off. You need to start taking estrogen. Right? And it's like... Um, I don't think so.
1: People are so assumptive that yeah. they understand like that. Like, you journey. need to take
0: testosterone, you need to get a right. mastectomy or whatever. And it's like. Mm-hmm. It really
1: varies from person to person. Yeah. It's like a very personal just journey. Just like, let them
0: do whatever the fuck they want. And to it's do. none
1: of your damn business. Why do you care yeah. what's between their legs? Seriously. Yeah. Like, are you trying to have sex with them? Then why do you care?
0: It's just because people want to, like, the un. Hate is born out of, like, not understanding. Yeah, totally, And so people I agree. have this, like, desire to understand everything and, like, it freaks people out when they can't, like, say that this is this one thing, this, like, solid thing, yeah. and that's what it is.
1: What well, makes them confront their own life, that's too. That's why
0: people get so fixated on it, because yeah. they're, like, yeah. It's
1: annoying, to. like, let these people live. All they want is to be treated like human beings with common decency and respect. Yes. and if you have a question just ask like people are so assumptive like don't be invasive with your questions don't be like hey you got a dick but like hello yeah. who raised you
0: or, like I mean not even like a question well okay I guess it would be asking but like like I said people want to be understood so yeah. if you can just like provide a safe ask space them, uh, you know what is the best way that I can be respectful for you like to you and like um,
1: for the people in the back. <laughs>
0: yeah. And that's, you know, that's what I asked my friend cuz like Yeah. this person our whole lives I'd always said like that's awesome, dude. Thanks, dude. And I like asked straight up. I was like, is this Should okay? I, I want to be respectful. Right. Like I'm not trying to like Right. walk on eggshells well, or cause anything. Well, cuz some people
1: view dude as a gender neutral term and some people view yeah. it as like a masculine term.
0: Absolutely. So it's
1: awesome that you asked. And I'm sure that person was so grateful that he
0: keeps calling me dude. But I don't want to But I don't want to say anything. Exactly. It's not about me. It's about like this is a very important realization or thing that you've accepted in your own life. And so I...
1: You want to support that.
0: Yeah, want to do everything I can possible to not make you like second guess it or feel self-conscious about it or anything like that. Right,
1: and know that like if there was something you were doing that they didn't like, they could speak up or that they can give you some insight on how you as a non-trans person can be supportive of the community like i think this is a really lovely conversation to be had because
0: i had no idea that this is I what know we were no i love it about, it's but... so important
1: like and it, it is really like a more common conversation now but it's not yes. a new thing i think that's honestly new. a a big misconception is like oh there's more gay people now than ever cuz <laughs> it's trendy and these fucking little no. gay babies and i'm like no it's safer
0: well, I remember the first time I ever like really heard or thought about it mm-hmm. was uh, the lead singer of this band Against Me. I think <gasps> yes. it was like
1: I love Against Me. I forget. It, it really was, like, opened pretty, the conversation like, 2008, up. Two thousand eight, two thousand. Yeah, like, early, early on, on, early on.
0: And it was just like
1: like paved the way in a community that's not really yeah. as open to that.
0: I think Laura Jane Grace, the way yeah she explained it was like perfect. She Absolutely. just felt like she wasn't born in the right body. And yeah. that's all. And like, and a it. lot of people feel uncomfortable in general. And if you find like the way to understand it yourself, like why you're uncomfortable, yeah. then you can and take action take a deep to breath. like
1: yeah. be more comfortable.
0: Absolutely. I think
1: that's great. I support it 100%. Like, the woman that I came out with in high school is now a trans man and he is so much happier.
0: Yeah.
1: He's so much happier. Like, it's. It's honestly like palpable the change in them as a person. And I like I have no issues with that. I think it's awesome. And the crazy part is that a lot of people have been like, "See, you were straight all along." And I'm like, "Guys, just use your head a little bit. Like read a freaking book." Like yeah. it's it's <laughs> what it's just a personal process that people go through and I don't think it should have this much weight. Like it obviously is a is a serious thing for that person, but as an outsider, like all I'm going to do is make sure I can respect you. And honestly, that's what it's all. About. you don't have to understand someone to give them respect. I don't no. know why people are like, I need to understand before I can respect or I don't understand. So I'm not going to use the pronouns you want because I don't get it. Sometimes you got to do things that you don't get. And like you can respect people without understanding their reasoning. Yeah. You don't have to know what's going on in their head to be kind. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Respect and...
1: It shouldn't be conditional. No. No.
0: It's just all about respect and empathy cuz it's like if you were in that position and you like really needed that support like yep. I would do that for you, why can't you do that for me? But like right on the money. At the end of the day, like we've said probably a hundred times yep. during this episode, we're humans and we're not perfect and it's hard to explain certain things to certain people, but at the end of the day, like, human to human, mm-hmm. I understand that you have emotions. And I've felt a lot of your emotions sometimes. And I know what it feels like to be uh, either not heard, not respected, um, misunderstood, or whatever. Right. And you know that that's a shitty fucking feeling. Those so are universal thing, feelings. Yeah. The, Everyone
1: should understand that. Yeah.
0: And you, if you know what that feels like, the last thing you should ever want to do is make somebody, like feel that way
1: absolutely and like the triggers of those emotions might be different in people but the feeling is the same yeah like you said we're all humans like unfortunately i know i would much rather be like a little alien dweeb on another planet right now but we are just like houseplants with emotions you know
0: (laughs) and i I, (laughs) basically yeah um well we're actually closer to mushrooms i love that the the whole aspect about like mushrooms breathing in oxygen and breathing out CO2 like when I learned that mind blown mind blown but uh mushrooms
1: can save the world yeah honestly
0: but like we kind of <laughs> talked about before the podcast like there are definitely days and especially after this conversation and having like such a deep conversation with my friend last night like
2: mm-hmm.
0: it makes me really excited about being a human and being able to connect with people and have real conversations about real shit and just yep. finding somebody who's like, uh, yeah, I think about these things too.
1: Oh, all the time. My mind you know. races at night with this kind of stuff. And I think it's yes. really cool to have this like on a podcast because they're important conversations to have. And it's really integral to the creative process, I think, yeah. is like understanding the human experience will never negatively affect your art. It will only help you... To be a better artist yourself to relate to the other people in your community like it's always a good thing to do that yeah yeah probably um, in non-creative careers too i don't know because my brain doesn't work that way but i'm assuming that would help anybody
0: yeah well and that's i mean that's what art is art wouldn't be art if it didn't connect with people whether it's mm-hmm. songs movies paintings whatever Mm-hmm. So
1: and truly at the end of the day isn't the goal to like make some form of art that outlives your little human meat suit, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like I want to leave something behind that will help people. Like I listen to music from dead people all the time. Yeah. It shapes me as a person and that Literally is so cool. Dead people. Seriously. Grateful dead. Yes, them too. <laughs> <laughs> that was so well, good. I mean, oh my god. But really obviously. though, I want to leave I want to leave behind a repertoire of some sort whether it's movies or music or screenplays i don't i'm not really attached to the medium at this current moment because i love all of it but that's what i want to do like that's yeah. the goal like obviously it'd be nice to win an emmy and an oscar and remember but really the goal is if i help one person then i'm successful yeah which i've already done but if i can leave behind something once i'm already gone and continue to help people like that's fucking rad
0: yeah yeah well and that's what's uh Amazing about you know people being able to uh, you know make indie movies or like the fact that I can get or mm-hmm. you can get like music on Spotify and Apple Music like yeah that shit ain't going anywhere no it's so, not so like if whatever happens yeah I can show my grandkids and be like I did this is this. what I did right yeah and uh, you know the the physical copies will always be there and. Mm-hmm. I mean, YouTube too, like, right? long after I'm gone, my drum covers, mm-hmm. like, this podcast, like, people will be able to listen to this for however long. And, like, people still listen to the first episode that we did. I love like, that episode. All the time. Like, yeah. I see, you know, like, I can see Your what analytics people and stuff, are listening yeah. to. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it still pops up, like, yeah. last seven days. I know
1: Can't I'm biased, great. but I really liked that episode.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, I I really like that episode as well. Yeah, I think that laid the groundwork for this conversation. Which oh, absolutely. I think we kind of topped the first one. Nailed almost, it. <laughs> um, but I have to get out of here to get to my tattoo appointment.
1: Oh my god, amazing! Um, Go get tattooed. I'm getting a dragon yes. on my stomach at the end of the month.
0: Really? It's be I've huge. heard the stomach sucks. I'm, I'm nervous. getting my chest done, and that also definitely, yeah also sucks. I, got I only have a little one, I but to throw up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well,
1: good luck with your tattoo. Send me pictures. Yes. For real. I'm like, I ooh, I want to see it.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, thank you again. Like, I can't even tell you how grateful I am. Of
2: course. To
0: not only have you back on the podcast, but to like, uh, you know, connect a little bit more and just like have this conversation because yeah. it like it's important for us, but it's also important for other people people to listen to
2: 100
1: because
0: it'll it'll connect with somebody so. it has
1: to i mean look at us from life spot to now a lot has changed i know right but it's really cool that you're still doing it so many people quit yeah. and so i really admire the fact that you're still doing it like fuck plan b just do it yeah like
0: i can't not do it and like no, that's the thing you about are. the podcast so many people started podcasts during covid who yeah. are not doing them anymore
1: nope i know but you've been doing this like you're consistent yeah. i see you for sure
0: I'm always trying to do something. I
1: know. I love that about you. Keep going. And and for the people listening, like, take note. You have to keep going. It's not going to happen in six months or a year. It might take a decade. But if you really fucking want yeah. it, it's worth it. So, like, put in the work and it'll happen.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So make sure, first and foremost, you go and check out Safe House 1618 in Fort Collins at the, what's the theater called? At theme? the Lyric. At the Lyric. Yeah. Um,
1: it's next weekend. So it's Saturday and Sunday.
0: Madison's going to be there. Yeah.
1: Come say hi to us.
0: And even if you don't like scary movies, I'll hold your hand next to one of us because we'll we'll bring pillows.
1: We'll hide behind them. It'll be awesome.
0: Absolutely. And also make sure you go follow her on Instagram. It's just at Madison Hell yeah. And you will get to see all the amazing endeavors that she has herself included in. (laughs) Um, yeah. Thank Thanks for having so me, much.
1: dude. This was fun. Yes.
0: And we'll do it again. And Absolutely. And yeah.
1: That'll just be your new podcast concept. We'll just do this all the time. <laughs> we'll start a co-host. Oh my god, that would be fun.
0: Don't you have a podcast, right? I do. House of Card, right? I do. Card yes. or cards. Singular. Okay. House yeah. of Card. Yeah. Is it on like Apple Podcasts and Spotify yep. and shit? It is. Make sure you go and listen to her podcast. I've listened to like uh, the clips that you have posted on uh-huh. Instagram. Go and listen to it because her episodes are definitely more, um, focused. Like are oh, important like, things you talk yeah. about that you kind of zero in on.
1: Thank you. I so, try my darndest. I really try not to let it. my ADHD take over, but I have some episodes where that's I'm just what ranting. No, but that's, I love it though.
0: <laughs> that's how we fucking went all over fucking Candyland. I loved it though. So yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, uh, Yeah, go see Safe safe House 1618.
1: If you're not there, we're not friends.
0: (laughs) Unless you, you know, live in...
1: I'm teasing. Go see the movie also... Theoretically, you'll be able to see it um, in theaters all around, or yeah, it'll on, be like, Amazon Prime and stuff. Yeah,
0: like it'll be on Netflix soon. Like all your friends will be telling you to watch it. <laughs> your so. friends will be
1: like, "Wow, you really haven't seen Safe House 1618 yet? You are not him. What a
0: loser! And I'll be like, <laughs> I saw it. A loser. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is episode 55 of the Don't Start a Band podcast with Madison Carr.